Hello, mothlings, ghouls, and creatures of the night. You must have been attracted to our light. You're listening to the Midnight Moth Podcast. I'm your host, Wednesday, from the band Pumpkin Guts, and this is your co-ghost, the Mothman, Molly Von Mothra. Hi, guys. So today is our ghost episode for Morbid Month, and we decided to cover haunted funeral homes and haunted graveyards because nothing screams death like a funeral home in a graveyard <laughs> those are places where dead bodies are kept so <laughs> so it would only make sense that they'd be haunted yeah absolutely though i do i don't know i always get a little torn on that but i guess there's different reasons why different things might happen but i'm always like those aren't places people typically die like so it's weird to me that they would become haunted but maybe like some spirits follow their bodies around and they don't want to let them go or something I don't know (laughs) that makes sense like they're just not ready and that's why these places end up having a lot of paranormal activity and stuff like that because these people weren't ready to die right and I think, like, energy and stuff like that can create more paranormal activity in places and, like, where those are spaces with, like, heightened emotions and stuff, especially funeral homes that I guess that could also cause them to become haunted as well. So, like, as a person who grew up in the church and stuff like that, uh, which I'm not really anymore, but that is how I was, you know, I was raised as a lot of people are in this area, I was raised with a lot of like religious kind of stuff. And uh, it was common for me to go to church multiple times a week and stuff like that. I've spent a lot of time at funeral homes because that's one of the typical things in this area. And I've actually learned that that's not as typical in other places, but usually here when you have a funeral, you have an actual like church service for the funeral Now, I have been to funerals as well that were at actual churches, but even at ones that were at legitimate funeral homes, they would have church service and stuff like that. So I've been to tons of funerals of people that I don't know. A funeral home, depending on how they're set up and stuff like that, some of them are really like peaceful and uh, comfortable and stuff like that. And then you have other ones that are more kind of like not as not as comfortable I guess like more like you get more of like an eerie cold kind of feeling at some at some funeral homes I don't know if I've ever been in a funeral home that like made me feel like eerie but it could also just be because like I also like grew up in a pretty religious family and things like that but going to funerals wasn't anything that my family ever made me do yeah (laughs) because like my dad specifically like he barely goes to family funerals like he just can't handle them So I haven't been to a lot of funerals myself, but the ones I've been to, like the only time I've been in the funeral home is when there's been tons of people in there. So it's hard to like really get, you know, a feel for the vibe in there with their, when there's like a hundred people in the room. Right. Also like, cause some of the ones I've been, I've been to sparsely attended funerals. I have also been to, a few for people, you know, of from my own family and stuff like that. So I have been in a funeral home, like, when there hasn't really been anybody else there. The house that I live in right now, my great-grandfather's funeral was actually held in this house. 
there's you know <laughs> there's been a, a dead body in here before um that was before I was ever born but you know that is a thing that happened here and it's like I I know they try to make this atmosphere of um like peace and tranquility in a funeral home like that's the idea that way the people who are experiencing loss are comforted but even with trying to create that kind of environment and stuff like that sometimes you do still end up with paranormal things you know like paranormal things happening and like you can get that just like I was saying like that vibe like that creepy something is off with the energy here kind of vibe that's kind of the stuff that we're focusing more on in this episode is these funeral homes that for some reason, some kind of a paranormal presence has attached itself to them. Well, the thing about these areas is, is just like everything else, you know, the earth has been here for billions of years. So like, what is a funeral home now may not have always been a funeral home or what's a cemetery now may have been something before. Like, it may not be from bodies that have been in there recently, but from people who died in that same area, right? Like, years and years ago, yeah. And also, too, um, on the, the flip side of that, what is currently a house or a business may not have uh, been that all along, it could have been a funeral home or a graveyard previously. So, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, there's a, there's a lot of funeral homes which i mean i never even like thought about that being a thing but there's a lot of funeral homes that were previously like just somebody's home right and somehow got converted into that yeah or um as i'm gonna talk about in my first haunting a house that was once a funeral home (laughs) i'm sure a lot of people have heard of this place and it is the snake the I'm sorry. I don't know how to say this exactly. I think it's Snedector House. Snector. (laughs) (laughs) Snector. I've got it. I could have wrote this down incorrectly as well, but I've got it wrote down as uh, S-N-E-D-E-K-E-R. Snedector. Okay, so you guys know how to spell it now, so you can Google it for yourself if you need to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This house is in uh, Southington, Connecticut. And this is actually the location that the movie A Haunting in Connecticut is based on. This house was originally a funeral home. And the family that, you know, there was a family that had moved in there. And they were living there what time their son was undergoing treatment for lymphoma. and the, Or I'm sorry, not lymphoma, for Hodgkinson's disease. And while they were there, they ended up finding like a mortuary in the bottom of the house. Like there was um, a table there and like they found all the embalming tools and all kinds of stuff like that. And so they didn't know beforehand that this house had been a funeral home. And according to reports, the people who actually owned the house didn't even know that it had been a funeral home. So that's interesting to me, but I feel like the people how do you not know that? Right, I was going to say I feel like the people who own the house probably did know, and they were just trying to keep it under wraps or whatever. But the family, while they lived there, the reason that it's called the Snedeker House is because that is the name, the last name of the family who moved in. I don't know what it was called. I couldn't find like a an 
like a good account of what the funeral home was when it was in there or any of that stuff. So it's not documented super well from what I could find. I didn't uh, know that that movie was based on a real event. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of that's a little terrifying. Like whenever you told me that that's the one you were covering, I had no idea that that's what it was from. I love that movie. I do too. That's like one of my favorite horror movies, but I'm a big fan of like ghost movies and stuff. Naturally, I love that movie. But yeah, like, I don't know, I guess where the people who ended up owning that home or whatever weren't super interested in the fact that it had been a funeral home previously or a mortuary or whatever. I guess there's no not good documentation about that, but it also does kind of make me wonder, like, what if it wasn't actually a funeral home and, like, something sinister was going on there and that's why there's no good documentation of it? That's um, a little worse, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I know the the movie that is based off of this house and stuff is not the most accurate thing in the world, but um, the movie is really, really good. And according to the movie, like, there were seances and things like that that had been held in that house. And that's why it ended up becoming so super haunted. But, again, there's no real proof of that. So, I don't know. I'm sure there maybe there had been a seance held there at some point in time. But I don't think it's to the extent that they depict in that film. But paranormal things did happen to the Snedeker family while they were living there. Primarily, it seems like the things happened to Carmen, which was the mom, and their son, who was the one being treated for Hodgkin's disease, he also experienced some strange things. But later on, he was actually diagnosed with um, schizophrenia. So it's hard to tell if the things he experienced were actually paranormal or if it was like where his schizophrenia was untreated at the time. Carmen, she didn't have any kind of like mental health problems that anybody is like aware of or that she'd ever been diagnosed with or anything like that. So the stuff that she experienced, like she would see ghostly like apparitions and things like that. She would hear people talking and hear whispers when you know there was no explanation for it like objects would disappear from where she would put them at like and she wouldn't be able to find them and there was even an instance of her mopping and the mop water suddenly like turned red and started smelling like rotten flesh oh ooh! yeah she would sometimes see a, a ghost that had long dark hair and white eyes that's really creepy (laughs) that's terrifying yeah ed and lorraine warren unfortunately had been involved with this case as well which can also bring into question the legitimate uh the legitimacy of everything because you know they they had a tendency to fabricate things just to make money going not off of their stuff like I'll just ignore them (laughs) but the things that Carmen reported I choose to believe that those things happened I'm just curious about like the the funeral home part of it like I feel like there should be records somewhere of that like why there was mortuary equipment in that home and stuff like that like even if it was just maybe like a school or something at some point like I'm just curious why there's no good information about why that stuff was there it is really suspicious that 
all that stuff was in the basement of that house and that there's no record of it ever being a funeral home and no one knew that it was a funeral home. So it makes you think that like, maybe that isn't what it actually was. And it was just somebody who was like, you know, doing things that they definitely should not be doing. Right. Like, were they like, stealing dead bodies and doing things to them or were they killing people and experimenting on them with the mortuary equipment i don't know that's (laughs) like doing live autopsies on people right i mean there could have really been any number of terrible things that were going on there but i guess we'll never really know because uh, the house is still there the family that lives in it currently they don't want anything to do with the paranormal community or anything like that it would be I guess it would just be hard to get any good information at this point in time and they don't allow ghost hunters to come inside or anything like that so we'll have to do we'll have to live with it being a mystery for a while longer I wonder what would possess somebody to buy that house after knowing all of that information unless it was just dirt cheap <laughs> Right. I would not. I would not choose to buy a house that has a reputation for being haunted or anything like that. Like you deal with that stuff enough as it is, let alone somewhere that's like got a history of it. Yeah. Like, no, thank you. (laughs) So the first funeral home that I'm going to talk about is E.L. Craven's Haunted Parlor in Blackshear, Georgia. So Dr. E.L. Craven He used to run a private practice in 1909, and he gave it up, and he moved to Blackshear, Georgia. No record of his previous residence exists, apparently, which is, again, very suspicious. No records of anybody. (laughs) Rod. (laughs) So shortly after he moved into the town, he founded E.L. Craven Funeral Parlor, and he opened it in a prominent location on Main Street. Uh, He was said to have seemed like a really well-respected member of the community, and he was really good at his profession. But then there was a really bad tragedy that happened to his family in 1914. Mm -hmm. According to the Blackshear Gazette, Craven lost his 40-year-old wife, Eleanor, and his 18-year-old son, Eddie, in a fire that burned down the funeral parlor. Oh, no. But what's so strange about this is there's no mention a funeral service being held for either of them and there's no burial records for either of them in existence either okay and then by late october he had already rebuilt the funeral parlor moved back into it so they lived in this funeral parlor also so creepy okay (laughs) like why you would do that i don't know but No one knows why he rebuilt the parlor, because he actually never even reopened it to the public. He even went as far as to brick and board up most of the windows and doors. Some speculate he did it to preserve the memory of his family and keep their ghosts alive. But over the years, people reported hearing loud noises and screams coming from the parlor in the middle of the night. Craven began acting really odd and withdrawn from everybody. And over the next few years, people reported seeing him late at night at the back of the parlor and was meeting a delivery truck. He was also spotted wandering around local cemeteries. He became more and more bitter and distant until he seemingly just vanished and no one knows what happened to him. Decades later, around 2008, strange occurrences began happening at the parlor again and locals reported saying unmarked vans and delivery trucks arriving at the parlor at odd times people began reporting hearing the screaming again and the entire 
staff of the you know they opened it back up way later yeah the entire staff appeared to be involved in some sort of ongoing enterprise that craven had began and no one knows where they came from and what they're doing but now the funeral home's been open to the public for paranormal tours that's a a very creepy story honestly like i'm sure there's probably some some paranormal stuff going on there because of like his family dying there and stuff but i'm just curious what he was doing like what was going on did his family even really die right because like i said there's no burial records nobody like heard of them having a funeral for either of them either what if like he kept their bodies like what if he embalmed them or whatever and and just kept their bodies somewhere that would make sense and why he like closed it and why he kept it as a funeral home because he could keep the bodies cold yeah and why he was getting deliveries from a truck in the middle of the night and he wasn't even running a business anymore right like he was just like embalming their bodies over and over to keep them from like um decomposing or whatever Ugh, that's creepy i mean i know that's not we don't have proof of that but that seems like that's a a good theory about what could have been going on yeah (laughs) speaking of people who live inside of their funeral homes or whatever my next uh, place is the house of wills in cleveland ohio this house was built in 1900 and it was originally an opera house It was converted into a funeral home in the 1940s, and currently it's sort of like a history museum, but if you look this up, it says it's permanently closed, so I'm not really sure. I know somebody was trying to do some renovations on it and get the building back up and running. I don't know where they're at with that because the middle of while they were doing that is when COVID hit and all that stuff, so I guess maybe it's at a standstill. I just want to talk a little bit about the history of this place before I get into the paranormal stuff because I think it would like doing a disservice I guess to it if I didn't mention some of the the cool things about it but so this business it was one of the longest running and most successful African-American owned businesses in Cleveland to this day it's still one of the most successful um, African-American owned businesses there and you know, it was a funeral home, but they also had like a card room there, a, about a ballroom and a library. And there was a stage inside this building because of where it had been an opera house. And the man, John Wills, who ended up buying it to turn it into a funeral home, he kept most of the like the opera house furnishings and things like that so this was a really unique funeral home and all the rooms had like different themes and stuff so there was actually a room where you could have a funeral service that was all decorated in like Egyptian themed stuff so there was like sarcophagi in it and there was Egyptian paintings on the walls and things like that and I've never seen a funeral home that could so easily be doubled as like a party space you know (laughs) yeah that sounds really ritzy though it does (laughs) also like is is there a movie about this too because i feel like i've heard of a play like a movie called the house of wills i don't know i didn't see anything but maybe there is i've definitely heard of it before and like i'm not sure where 
John Wills, he also had, like, decorated the casket showcase room with, like, lots of white and, like, cloud paintings and stuff. And it was literally called the Cloud Room, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) Then he also held civil rights meetings there. And he lived uh, in an apartment up above the actual funeral home space. So he was he lived in a space connected to the building and he lived there until 1971 and he actually died in that apartment. So like a lot of people think that the paranormal activity there could be related to him passing away there where that was kind of like his passion, you know, like he loved his business and he did a lot of stuff with it and a lot of stuff for the community and stuff like that. So but on top of that. In the 1920s, the house was also an immigrant hospital. And so a lot of people died there from diseases and things like that as well. And some people even committed suicide there. So I think all of this history mixed together could really create some paranormal energy. And some of the things people experience there, um, they, they hear footsteps they hear voices while they're exploring the site. They will feel like a presence around them. And then some people also will see a man in a white suit. And that is often believed to be John Wills himself. You know, who knows? I feel like if a ghost was going to hang on to that space, I guess it would probably be him because he spent, you know, his life running that business there and doing all the things he did did there. And then he also died there. (laughs) Yeah, like he died there. And on top of that, it it having been a hospital and then, you know, where it was an opera house too, who knows? Like maybe some of the artists who performed there at what time it was an opera house, maybe they they hang around and and haunt the area. That's like wild how much, how many different, like completely different sorts of businesses were there. (laughs) Right. I don't know. I I never considered like an opera house being converted into a funeral home. Like that's just really interesting to me. <laughs> or a hospital converted into an opera house. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's wild. And the building at this point, like it's kind of felt like I was saying earlier, it's kind of fell into disrepair and stuff because it's been closed for a while, but you can still go and see it and uh some of that original stuff is still in there in like the Egyptian room and things like that like that stuff is still there and you can see it so that's kind of cool as far as funeral homes being used for like different businesses and stuff that's how my next one is it was a house it was a large Victorian mansion that was built in 1907 as a personal home and then it turned into a funeral home in the 1920s and then later it was renovated into a bed and breakfast in the 80s and uh, that's the stone line inn in guthrie oklahoma so is it a bed and breakfast at the moment yeah it's a bed and breakfast now so it started out it's a large victorian mansion house and Mm -hmm. it started out as someone's just private home and then they turned it into a funeral home in the 20s and now it's a bed and breakfast (laughs) It uh, it actually sounds like it's pretty nice, not going to lie. Yeah. So at the entrance, there's a white table used as an entry table, and it's actually an old embalming table from when it was a funeral home. Oh, my God. 
and there's several suites in this bed and breakfast now and in one of them employees and visitors often see apparitions in the mirror of a man dressed in a in black wearing a large victorian hat and he's presumed to be the previous owner of the house and that man's daughter died of whooping cough in the home after a nurse gave her the wrong medicine so a woman named Becky Luker is the one who bought this previously, you know, funeral home and turned it into a bed and breakfast. And she bought it in 1986. And whenever she started renovating it, there was a lot of like crazy unexplained things that started happening. Like she heard unexplainable noises, loud footsteps from the staircase early in the morning. Doors would open and close by themselves. And it's said that the third floor of this bed and breakfast is supposed to be the biggest like hot spot for spirits. Becky said that her son would wake up like early in the morning and like she had like a small son, like it didn't say like his exact age, but I'm going to guess, you know, since he's playing with toys and stuff, probably like five, six, something like that. She said that he was always really like tidy and would always put all of his toys and stuff away before he went to bed and that he would wake up in the morning and they'd be spread all over the floor. And visitors reported saying a childlike figure tucked them in at night, which is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine like you're about to fall asleep and you just see like the outline of a child and they're just like... Good night. <laughs> right. Like pushing the blanket up underneath your body. Like, yeah. <laughs> and guests also report hearing noisy children's voices and the sounds of someone jumping on beds, even when no children were staying in the inn. Also, there's a wooden ball that will randomly roll across the floor throughout the mansion. And you can hear it all throughout the mansion too, whenever it's rolling. Oh my goodness. Children ghosts freak me out. But that's the only thing that it had as far as like why it would be haunted, I'm guessing, because that little girl died there. Yeah. Like, I know we were talking about in in the episode for uh, the Grim Reaper about how like it would be kind of, um, I guess, like soothing or whatever for the Grim Reaper to be a child. But like apparitions of children just freak me out so much like i find that so disturbing and creepy it is it's really scary yeah like as far as ghosts and stuff go i'd say that like children ghosts are like at the top yeah definitely i would still like to go there i mean it sounds like they have a lot of activity going on and stuff and um i'm sure ghost hunters probably love visiting that area and also, not to mention, it just sounds like a really nice place to stay. So, like, it's kind of cool that you could go have a comfortable room to stay in, but also get a ghost experience at the same time. Yeah. And uh, now that we've talked about where people have their uh, their last, like, I don't even know what to call that, where people go and say goodbye to people. I don't know. Where you see... <laughs> Where you see someone's body for the last time, whatever. We're going to move on to uh, where people are laid to rest at for the last time. (laughs) Haunted cemeteries and graveyards. I feel it's a pretty common thing in this country and probably in other places as well. That like you have graveyards where 
you'll see ghosts and things like that at and have experiences like you'll feel presences and things and again I've been to a lot of cemeteries and the most to me usually the most haunting ones are like the oldest ones like you'll go to you know places especially around here like cemeteries that are out in the woods that are mostly undisturbed and you know things like that like you can just feel it's like it's not normally not for me anyway it's not normally anything like bad it's like such a sense of sereneness but you can kind of it's almost like you can feel the um the souls that are resting there or something it's it's just an interesting feeling for all the cemeteries I've been to though I don't think I've personally had an experience at one like seeing anything or anything like that but across the you know across the the country there are several cemeteries where people actually do report seeing things and the one the first one that I researched is the Western Burial Ground in Baltimore Maryland it's also known as the Presbyterian Churchyard and this is where Edgar Allan Poe is buried and I think that automatically gives the place kind of like a haunted vibe because you know it's Edgar Allan Poe so of course like you're gonna feel the king of creep (laughs) yes yeah like you're gonna immediately feel like a little Edgar Allan Poe wrote so much stories and stuff about death and ghosts and things like that so I guess like of course his ghost would be hanging around his cemetery he loved that stuff (laughs) yeah I mean as far as like having somewhere to go that he'd want to be it'd probably be a cemetery (laughs) yeah so this cemetery is considered to be one of the most haunted places in America and many people are believed to have been buried alive at this cemetery like throughout the the early days you know I know, again, we've talked about this a little bit before when we talked about the Kentucky ghost stories all the way back in February, I think that was. It was not uncommon hundreds of years ago to bury somebody alive by accident. Like if somebody fell into a coma or something like that, um, it was very likely that they could end up being buried alive because we didn't do all all of this like embalming and you know, that kind of thing at that point in time. So some of the ghosts that are seen in this cemetery seem to be like wandering aimlessly around as if they're looking for something that they can't find. And a lot of people believe that that's probably because they're confused because they were buried alive and then now they're looking for their own body or something along those lines, which I find very disturbing and distressing. (laughs) Yeah, that how miserable would that be you know like to spend eternity just trying to figure out what happened right yeah uh poe's ghost is often spotted near his grave and at the church that's near the cemetery some people say they see him wait waiting in that church by the altar because before he died he was actually engaged to be married but he died before he got married so oh, that's so sad i know I didn't even know that either about him. That just adds another little bit of like tragedy to his story. But yeah, like that that's a common sighting of him is him waiting there, his ghost waiting there by the altar. And then also the skull of Cambridge is buried in this cemetery. And this is a skull that was found 
at Cambridge, obviously. No one really knows exactly whose skull it is. And it's uh, a lot of people believe that it was a murdered minister. And people will feel like a weird presence around where the skull is buried. And some people will also say that they can hear it screaming. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also, again, I'd never really heard of that before. So uh, I found that really interesting when I was reading about that. And I feel like maybe with DNA and stuff now, potentially they could make a match to whose skull it was. But I guess just thinking that it was a murder victim and I don't know, just hear, hearing a disembodied scream coming from where a head is buried is kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> No. <laughs> so it sounds to me like this cemetery has got a lot of unsettled spirits and it makes sense that it would because of the tragedies and stuff that surround a lot of the, the people that are buried there. I would just imagine you'd probably feel a pretty heavy presence when you go there, but it's a place I'd kind of like to go see. I definitely would like to see Edgar Allan Poe's burial spot and take uh, like some flowers or something, you know, and put on his grave because I love him so much. Now, it's Edgar Allan Poe that uh, for years on his, was it on his birthday every year? Someone put like a rose on his grave? Yeah, and then it just mysteriously stopped happening. They never found out who was doing it. Right. Just every year on his birthday, it was is a black rose, I think, would just show up on his grave. Yeah. So the next cemetery that we're going to talk about is... Uh, actually in new orleans and it's the st louis cemetery number one so this cemetery is new orleans oldest cemetery and it was established by the spanish royal decree in 1789 and it's considered to be one of the most haunted cemeteries in the country so in the span of one block it holds over 700 tombs and over 100,000 bodies and counting because the cemetery is still active. Oh my God. Okay. The cemetery already kind of gives off a pretty creepy vibe is what most visitors say because, all you know, where it's so old and it's been there for so long, a lot of the grave markers and the cobblestones are old and chipped or broken and many of the tombs have uh cryptic symbols and vandalism like spray painted on them and things like that um this cemetery has actually been featured in a few famous movies um it was in easy rider and interview with vampire Ooh, cool and it's been nicknamed the city of the dead by mark twain so some of the ghosts that are said to haunt the cemetery, and this is probably the most famous one. So Mary Laveau is buried there. And if you guys don't know who she is, she is considered the voodoo queen. So she was born in 1801 and she practiced fortune telling the occult and worked with herbal remedies. People have spotted her in many locations down the French quarter including walking by her old house at 1022 St. Anne Street. And she's reportedly always wearing a red and white turban and brightly colored clothing. And people have reported trying to follow her and all of a sudden she'll just disappear. Interesting. So inside the cemetery, she's seen walking through the tombs. And if you choose to disregard her or disregard her beliefs out loud, 
people have reported being scratched, pinched, and even shoved to the ground. Oh, wow. Okay. This is complete, like, just folklore or whatever, but legend says if you mark her tomb with three X's, she'll grant you a wish, and if it's granted, you have to bring her a gift. Interesting. But this legend has led to a lot of vandalism, so now her tomb is closed off to the public. There was actually even an instance where the entire tomb got painted hot pink. Oh my god. People are stupid. Yeah, they are. Another ghost that's said to haunt here is a sailor named Henry Vignes. I'm I'm sure I'm not saying that last name right, but and he was from the nineteenth century. And what happened with him is every time that he would, you know, go on a trip, he would leave his papers for his family tomb with the owner of a boarding house he used to stay at in case anything was to happen to him while he was at sea. So like, you know, all, I guess, so all of his business would be in order or whatever, in case he was to die. Right. On one trip while he was gone, this boarding house owner actually sold his family tomb. Oh no. And for some reason, nothing was able to be done about it. So shortly after he came back from his last trip, he became ill and he died and since his family tomb had been sold he was buried in an unmarked grave in the pauper section of the cemetery well that's just really sad yeah it's terrible it makes me really sad people who have reported seeing him say that he's a very tall thin man with bright blue eyes Mm -hmm. and that he walks around and uh, around the graves and stuff and some people have even reported him speaking to them some people said that he's asked them if they know where to find the Vignes tomb. And others say he even shows up to some of the funerals. Oh, wow. Uh, his apparition has even been caught on camera. I hope. I didn't look it up. <laughs> but it was in the article that it was caught on camera. I got you. I like how you but- said it really fast, just in case it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You guys don't fact check me or anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's on the internet. It must be true. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, New Orleans is a very, like, they're a very haunted place. Like, in general, I feel like there's just so much different kinds of stuff that's happened there. And also you have all of the, like, the voodoo and all that kind of thing that's that's gone on there for a long time and the history of slavery and you know just different stuff like that and it's full of so much like culture and things like that and then you also just have it's almost like that's one of those places where the veil between this world and the next is always thin and there's always lots of um paranormal uh, events that take place there so i'd love to go visit there at some point in time just to feel you know that paranormal energy and all that kind of stuff that's there and just experience that culture because that's such a interesting place yeah i've always wanted to go there for my last one um we're going kind of a, a little farther away from you know from this side of the country and it's in kansas and it is stole cemetery and people believe that this cemetery is a gateway to hell ghost sightings have been reported from this cemetery for centuries there is an abandoned dilapidated church 
uh, well, there used to be anyway, that stood near the graveyard. And it was considered to be one of the most haunted places, you know, in that area. And people reported feeling hands on them when they would enter that church. And rumors of witches being hanged around this burial ground and near the church are out you know like it's just rumors but like a lot of people believe that that's something that happened there and there is a tree that grows through one of the headstones and a lot of paranormal energy exists around that tree as well in a newspaper article from 1974 It says that Satan himself appears in the Stoll Cemetery two times each year. And people will also report memory loss when they spend any time there, which could be contributed to like possession and things like that. And people also. That's terrifying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. People also report this like strong wind that will blow through the cemetery that has enough strength to knock them down. And it's also rumored that while the church was still standing there, that no rain would fall inside of it, even though there was no roof on it. And, you know, there's a couple of different places across the earth, I feel like, that people believe might be like gateways to hell or whatever. This just happens to be one of them. And people do still gather at this graveyard on Halloween every year to try to see Satan which I find very interesting. Now, whether or not anybody's ever actually saw Satan there, I don't know. But what would he look like if he was there? You know, he could be just disguised as one of the spectators for all we know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, I imagine that Satan isn't like this devil with red horns. I imagine that he like looks like a really nice, friendly guy. Right, yeah, until he doesn't want to anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Now, the church, which was like I said, like the most haunted space there and people thought like there was said to be like rituals that would take place inside of that dilapidated building and all kinds of different things like that. The church isn't there anymore. Part of it had got knocked down during a storm and then someone just came and demolished the rest of it because it was like a safety hazard or whatever. But the cemetery itself is still there, of course. And the spot where the church was at is still considered to be a haunted area. I think it would have been cool to be able to actually see that church building. Because, like, there are pictures of it. And I'll actually post those on our Instagram. Instagram? Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I'll actually post those on our Instagram account. Um, Looking at the place, you get, like, a creepy... You get a creepy vibe just looking at the pictures. So I could just imagine, like, what it would be like to actually be in that cemetery. Yeah. Some... I mean, there's some cemeteries that I've been in that, like, seem really, like, nice and upkept. And then there's other ones that I've been in that, like, you go in them and you're like, this is eerie. There's something wrong here. Yeah, I mean, for anybody who's listening who is a a fan of Pumpkin Guts, the cemetery that we took the pictures in for the cover of our um, EP, that's an old abandoned cemetery. And the, the feeling that you get when you go inside there is like a mixture of sorrow and creepiness and like, but also somewhat peaceful, you know. It's just sad because it's, it's unkept like it's literally just a forest has grown up around and through that cemetery the the graves are real old and I guess nobody really is around anymore who is related to those people and stuff you know so 
but yeah i think i think there's nothing creepier than a than a dilapidated cemetery yeah and sad it's very sad it is really sad when that stuff happens like when it people like let it become like overgrown and things like that yeah okay so the last cemetery we're going to cover today guys is the union cemetery in eastern connecticut again I am mentioning uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren because they actually lived very close to the cemetery and they did a lot of paranormal investigations in the cemetery. They actually even wrote a book in 1992 about what they found while they were here and they have video and photographs of spirits that they caught on tape here. Um, The book, if anyone's interested, is called graveyard true hauntings from an old england old england cemetery so some of the spirits that are said to haunt this the most famous one would be the white lady and no one knows exactly who the white lady is she was nicknamed this because all sighting claim that she's dressed in a bright white nightgown and her head and face are completely covered by a white bonnet some speculate that she died in childbirth and is searching for her baby and others say it's the ghost of a woman who was who had murdered her husband. Interesting. There's a report from back in the 1990s of a a firefighter who was responding to a call in the nearby town of Monroe and he said that he saw a woman in a long white gown jump in front of him and he hit her with his car. And the woman rolled over the top and landed in the road behind him. And when he jumped out of his car to look for her, she was gone. But his his uh, hood had actually dented. That's crazy. And there's also a spirit that people have just nicknamed Red Eyes who haunts the cemetery. It's because, like, whenever you see him, you just see his glowing red eyes. And people have said that anytime you look into the bushes, you can see his eyes and some report feeling hot breath on the back of their neck and when they turn around they're met with just a pair of glowing red eyes people even reported uh being chased by this spirit mm-hmm. and it's believed to be the ghost of a man named earl kellogg and this man was actually set on fire and burned to death across the street from the cemetery in 1935 oh that's scary okay I guess, like, if you died by fire, it would make sense that you might have glowing red eyes, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, maybe he's, you know, he's just, well, A, he, you know, burned to death, and B, he's he's obviously a very angry spirit because of what happened to him. Yeah, yeah, it's always a lot more likely that something, like, someone who meets a violent end is going to have a, a restless spirit, so that makes sense. So, I know we just kind of picked a couple of these places that interested us, obviously. Unfortunately, these aren't places we've gotten to go see ourselves, but there's lots of haunted cemeteries and funeral homes uh, out there, and I kind of was surprised to find so many. Not not the cemeteries, necessarily, because, like, I sort of expect that, but, like, I wasn't really expecting to find so many haunted funeral homes and I do kind of wonder because people who work in the funeral industry you know it's 
really important to keep the integrity of like the deceased people that you are taking care of their their last wishes and all that kind of stuff so I'm just I wonder how many places like that might actually be haunted that nobody really comes out and talks about because they feel like it's disrespectful yeah that's a really valid point because it's not like they're really allowed to talk about things like that right like because you know I wouldn't I wouldn't want to trust the funeral home with my loved one if I knew that they might get out and be like, oh, you know, so-and-so's grandfather haunted me what time I was embalming them or, you know, whatever. Like, I I wouldn't trust the funeral home like that. So I guess it makes sense that most of the stories you find are from decommissioned funeral homes like that don't, that are not in business anymore. In any case, I, I think... I think anytime you have a place that is connected directly to death, I I think that there's always the possibility of paranormal happenings and like spiritual activity and, and stuff like that. So it's just interesting to me. We hope that you enjoyed listening to these paranormal stories about, uh, about these cemeteries and funeral homes and stuff like that. We have one more episode left in morbid month. And that's our cryptid episode, and we're gonna be covering we're gonna be covering three different cryptids. We're gonna be doing ghouls, vampires, and boogeymen. So, also, if you you know you want to send us any stories or anything like that about those, please feel free to do that. But if you've ever experienced any ghost stories, any ghost stories, any ghost. <laughs> uh, any ghost activity or anything like that at a funeral home or a cemetery we would also love to hear those stories from you all yeah or just like any kind of paranormal experience you've had during those times like if you were at a funeral and something eerie happened or you know anything like that we love to hear from you guys yeah like I think one of the most memorable things that's happened to me and it wasn't I don't think it was so much ghostly as it was just like something that I felt like was kind of a sign or something like that. But when we were in high school, one of our friends passed away and at his funeral, there ha- it had rained out. Like there was like a big, you know, like a rainstorm or whatever. And afterwards, there was actually a double rainbow that appeared in the sky over where his funeral was at. And that was like... To me, that just felt like such a sign, you know, that he was at peace or whatever. Yeah, I actually uh, had totally forgot about that happening. But yeah, so I just I feel like I don't know. I just feel like like there's there's always things to let us know that uh, people who have passed on are still around or still with us or whatever. And some of it's scary and some of it's just like nice and calming and I think obviously that falls into the nice and calming category but any story like that that you all have if you want to share that stuff with us please feel free to do that you can send us your paranormal stories or you know your creepy stories or whatever it is at uh, the midnight moth podcast at gmail.com you can follow us on instagram at the midnight moth podcast you can follow us on facebook at the midnight moth podcast and you can follow us on Twitter at Midnight Moth Pod. You can always reach out to us through any of those accounts. But if you have a, per- a particularly long story, I would prefer you send that to the email. If you want to follow our co-ghost Molly or reach out to her, she has her own Instagram account. Yeah, you guys can find me at uh, TMM underscore co-ghost. And as always, I love to hear from you guys. I love getting your messages. 
again, I haven't been super active on Instagram lately, but I am always checking it and I do always respond. So anything that you guys want to send me, if you want to send me personally, any stories or anything like that, I love to hear them. I love to discuss things with you guys. So always feel free to reach out to me. Yeah, we always love to hear from you all. And speaking of that, before we go, I also just want to give a shout out to one of our top fans. And that is Travis. I don't want to give his last name away because, uh, for one, I'm not super sure about what it is because he's, I only know him through Instagram, but also just in case I don't want like, you know, I just don't want to give out that info, but Travis is a really big fan, a really loyal fan. He always listens. He always sends me feedback on our episodes and I super appreciate that. And I just want to shout him out and say thank you to Travis. I also get messages from Travis. We love you, Travis. (laughs) Yeah, like I think I think he's probably one of our biggest fans, honestly, and I really, really appreciate him. <laughs> if you guys would also like to get a cool shout out like Travis, then you know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, send us some messages, show us some support wherever, you know, wherever you're following us at, wherever you're listening to us at, and we will give you some on air love as well. <laughs> <laughs> But we really appreciate all of you all. We appreciate all of our listeners, all of our our little fan community and everything, as we've said before. But I just, you know, sometimes you have people who who stick out a little bit more than others. And we want to show appreciation to those fans as well. Um, I think that is everything for this week. If you would just leave us a rating or a review wherever you're listening to us at. Share our show with anybody that you know who would be interested in it and we will be right back here next week with a brand new episode so until then we'll keep the lantern burning for you